twice i can't do three times everybody knows why this is episode 20 oh we got 20 episode 20 of this captain says thing and 20. today i can't believe there's 20 hours of this crap of just me talking garbage <laughs> i can't believe there's 20 episodes and i'm here at the 20th you got the 20th yeah and only two months ago i'm like i've had enough of this i've got the 18 <laughs> i'm like that's enough but anyway today the guest i'm talking to is uh, I think on his Twitter it says officially one quarter of the world's greatest podcast. It is player. Hello, hey, hey, brother, how are you? I'm so glad to be here. It's finally happened. It took a while. I know you had you've had MC on here. You've had Seth. You've had Jester. You've had pretty much everyone. And I We're finally just all made too it. busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. So now. Yeah. From listening to the Peach and Black podcast, people, what little they know of you is probably <laughs> that you are the, the hip-hop guy out of the four of us. I am far from that. I'm more the rubbish 80s pop. Toe Jam oh. plays the trumpet. Yep. MC, I don't know what he does. He does some rap. I don't know. He rambles. <laughs> what does he do? <laughs> he talks a lot. Yep. But people would know you as the hip-hop guy. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Hip-hop, well, R&B, whatever. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yep. So I think you're a little bit just older than me. So I thought we would have similar things, but no, totally different. Right. So different. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I grew up to a, like a really big mix of music, but it was kind of like the hip hop stuff that I gravitated to. Like all I ever heard in the car from my mother, it was either ABBA. Yeah. I got that. Which just went nonstop. Yeah. I think the tape was just stuck in the car at one point because I remember at least six <laughs> months of that. <laughs> I've got a photo somewhere of myself at three years old wearing like an ABBA shirt, like a white shirt with the black ABBA logo on the front. Oh, there so, you yeah, go. I was rocking that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and what, maybe, what else? Maybe that, I'm just thinking maybe that early, you know, exposure to this Swedish pop started the love of my pop music. I don't know, but maybe. Maybe. And well, there was the, ABBA mania in Australia. I know, too. it was crazy. Yeah. But the bizarre, like most people won't even know who this guy is, but the two things that I heard in the early years, it was ABBA and Roger Whittaker. Roger Whittaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's good at whistling. I know that. <laughs> He's got a lot of songs with like whistling. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> what what was the first that he, did, that he uh, did? Oh, I know a song. I don't know if he wrote this song, but he, you know that song, If I Were a Rich Man? He sang that. Okay. You know that song? Yeah. I think wow. Pink did it at one point or some part of it. Oh, really? He did that and he did a song about farewell, the streets of London and all this just Moonshadow. You know, the song, oh, is a, a song called Moonshadow. Yeah. He did that. And so, yeah, it's such a bizarro combination of ABBA and Roger Whittaker were like the first two things that I grew up with. It's but like you say a, you had a whole range of things. Music. I just had that. Yeah, it is. It's like folk. Yeah. I think I think he was English. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was a weird mix. So what about you? You just had everything or were there? Well, see, I had everything. I had like my my dad was like listening to a lot of blues. Like he would listen to 
he would listen to like a lot of strange stuff. Like he would listen to John Hooker and um, he would listen to like Talking Heads and The Cure, like really weird mm. stuff and like a lot of rock and roll stuff. And then my mum would listen to like disco and Motown and like a whole oh. heap of stuff. So it was like a really big mix of stuff that I got. And then like just being a kid, like early, well, late 70s, it was like ABBA and there was Kiss Mania as well. Like Kiss was really big. And mm. then like going into the 80s, you know, like I think one of the luxuries of living in somewhere like Australia is you got all the American stuff and all the UK stuff. Yeah, and and as well as the, yeah, and the Australian stuff, like through Countdown. So you got mm. this big mix of Europe stuff, uh, US stuff, stuff from here. So you got like a really big mix, plus with the stuff my parents were listening to. So I was listening to a lot of stuff. So it's a big mix of stuff that made me appreciate music and stuff. So I wish I had that because I'm sure what I would like now would be totally different if that had happened to me, if I was listening to blues and you know, mm. the new romantic early 80s, all that stuff. Yeah. It'd be totally different to what yeah. I would probably like now. Yeah. I don't know. We well, see, you didn't get into the hip-hop thing until Tony M, right? Was that the first sort of hip-hop <laughs> thing that you, that not, you heard? You're really close. Like, okay. But that's we'll get to 90s later. We're still at the start. <laughs> okay. So, do you remember... Oh, this is the question everybody asks these like mm. people. Do you remember the mm. first like album or like cassette that you bought LP, whatever it was. The first ever or the first hip-hop? Either. Both. That I bought, I don't remember. I think Son of the Times was the first thing I actually paid money for. But everything else before that, like my parents bought for me, like Thriller and and like records like that. That that good, clean Michael Jackson. Yeah. Not that dirty Prince guy. (laughs) Singing all that sexy stuff. I don't know about that. Actually, my auntie gave me Purple Rain. One Christmas, she gave it to me on cassette, and then that was for Christmas. And then just after that, like in the New Year holidays, we went, uh, my parents, and we went driving up to Queensland, and I put, I put that <laughs> I know cassette where this is in, going. <laughs> yeah, and it hit Darling Nikki, and <laughs> my dad just like ejected the tape out the window. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I said, "What's wrong?" Like, because I didn't understand, like, you know, what the big deal was about. It's and, a cool song. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was just like, yeah, so. <laughs> That didn't go down too well, but yeah, that that was that. But like, yeah, before that, like I would get like, you know, those albums that were like um, compilation albums, the various artists. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. This is now, like, I don't know what they call it now, but. The hits of 87. Albums. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So I get a lot of that. So it'd be a big mix of that sort of stuff. And you'd listen to radio and the radio would have a lot of like the 80s, great 80s music and stuff. So, mm. yeah, I was listening to that all the time. So. It was, it was really good. I used to have this little cassette radio thing, just one speaker, one cassette, and like these big chunky buttons and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and where I lived in the early years, I had like the whole back part of the house. All right. All and it yourself. was like pretty much, it was separated from all the front, the other bedrooms. In the yeah. back, there was like a sliding door divided the house. And I had the kitchen. I had, there was another bathroom in the back. And I had like, there was two bedrooms back there. It was all mine. It was great. <laughs> So every night, I'd like stay awake till midnight listening to the radio. And That's great. Um, I remember there was, I don't know what station it was. It might have been like 2WS or something at the time when back yeah. when they, it was just AM. Yeah. I don't think I even, I don't think I even had FM. No, it was only AM radio. Yeah. I listened to this, 2SM all the time. <laughs> one of them. And there was this yeah. guy called Guido. And he oh, was yeah. like, do you remember? 
Yeah, Guido, yeah. Guido had I don't, I don't remember anything else about him except his name, and he was funny. And I listened yeah. to him like every night. I think he came on at like nine o'clock at night or something. Yeah. And I used to listen to that like all the time. Right. But, and there was no one to come and tell me to go to bed, so who cares? I just go to sleep when I'm when I need to go to sleep. Yeah. But that was like, you know, 80, must have been like 87, 88, something like that. Yeah. Like the super height of the best crappy 80s pop ever. Yeah. And I just listened to that stuff nonstop every single night. That's great. So that's ingrained in my brain. Yeah. You like, see, you don't, have, you don't have any brothers or sisters, right? Well, that's complicated. <laughs> okay, we won't go there then. <laughs> There's half brothers and half sisters that at times were around and then other times weren't, so... But right. most of the time, it was just me. Right, because I'm an only child, so that's that's why, like, yeah. to keep myself amused, I just listen to music all the time. Yeah, make your yeah. own fun. Exactly. You have to. <laughs> yeah. Who hasn't been their own DJ guy and recorded cassettes? Oh, exactly. You You're in mixtapes. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Exactly. Tape things off the radio and try and get the song yeah. and not the announcer. Not the guy talking. That's yeah. where you've got to talk. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah. It's a good childhood. But yeah, like I used to, what? I'm just thinking about the people listening to this show. They're probably thinking, what the hell are these guys on about? Ra- taping off radio? and what, What's a tape? What's radio? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not on drugs, talk. people. No, not right now. <laughs> There's just classic songs. Like, do you know a guy called Eric Carmen? Yeah. That song that is it Make Me Lose Control. That is one yeah. of my favorite songs ever. It is just oh, really? so damn good. You like that? I love that song. Baby, and baby. It's so good. Turn the radio up for that sweet sound. Exactly. That's what I did. I turned it up every time. It's good. That's like... Uh, he also did a song on Dirty Dancing as well. I'm not sure which yeah, one. Yeah, that's one right. The um, Hungry Eyes? Yes, Hungry Eyes. I was thinking She's yeah. Like the Wind, but that was Patrick Swayze. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, Eric Carmen's great. Yeah, what happened but to that dude? I think he's still around. I think he put an uh, album out a few years ago, but he's still... He's still going. That's good. That's good. He must be one of the locked in the 80s kind of guys. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. There's a fair few. They were huge in the 80s, and now they're just like playing leagues, clubs, and... Bars. <laughs> RSLs and yeah, little lounges. That happens yeah. to them all eventually. Yeah, exactly. So when did you first hear, I don't know, rap, hip-hop? Whatever it was, and think, wow, that's that's something. That's something different than um, Roxette. Than <laughs> um, Quite different, I guess. What did you not realize? Oh, this is you just thought, oh, it's just a different type of song. Well, I I remember, like, if I had to really think about it, I could I could probably think about it. But just off the top of my head, like, I remember like early. 83, 84, the breakdancing scene was like getting really big. Tony M told me all about it. Oh, did he? (laughs) Yeah, on that show, remember? We talked to him. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. He was in Purple Rain. Yeah. The breakdancing culture and hip-hop culture were kind of like hand-in-hand, but like Mm. a lot of the stuff that was coming out in breakdancing that was like labeled as hip-hop was very poppy. So, you know, there was like Rocksteady Crew, which is a dancing crew, but like they bought out their own album, which... If you hear interviews with them now, they're like, oh, you know, that was so like poppy and we didn't want to do it and all this sort of stuff. But like uh-huh. that sort of stuff, like Hey You, Rocksteady Crew and Up Rock and all that sort of stuff. That Like I, I really loved all that stuff. So it's not technically hip hop, but it was kind of like, you know, an extension of it. And it was like a, a lot of electro, electro. And 
that's the sort of thing that got mm. me into print as well. Like the 1999 albums, a lot of electro, like a lot of synths oh, yeah. and stuff. So, you know, it was kind of like the sound of that era. And it just like, I kind of gravitated to it. I went to the cinemas and watched the breakdancing movies and, and all that. Did, so did you see Electric Boogaloo? I did. I saw them both at the cinemas. In the cinema? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Wow. I'm actually friends with Turbo on Facebook. What? <laughs> Turbo the dancer in that movie. Yeah. Um, his name's Michael oh. Chambers. He's out. He's out there. He's he's actually a friend of uh, Sheila E. He's a big Prince fan. So ah, uh-huh. there you go. It's um, all connected. It's all connected. Oh, it is. It is. And then aside from that, I think the other things I was listening to was. Grandmaster Flash, like the message, and I know that one. Yeah, again, that's got that electro kind of keyboard in it, and then like yeah, before that it was like Sugar Hill Gang, and that sampled like yeah, yeah. Good Times and Chic and all that disco sort of stuff. So that, like the early stuff, that's that's the kind of things that I was listening to. That was kind of hip hop ish, yeah. <sighs> and then like after the f- that, between maybe eighty five, eighty four, eighty five to eighty seven, it's like LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, Run DMC. Lil Cool James. (laughs) Ladies love Cool James, yeah. That's it. Run DMC, Fat Boys, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, Walk This Way was really big, Salt and Pepper. So Um, I'll Walk This Way, I know, because that was the big mix of the rock. It's a big crossover, yeah. That type, and it was huge. It was massive. Yeah. How about you? That probably was one of the first times that I heard any sort of, even though it was mixed. Because I just didn't listen to it. It right. wasn't really on AM radio here that I remember. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I wasn't going and buying it. Yeah. But like really the first that I can remember, like the first, like any sort of mainstream thing that I remember, it's, you'll probably laugh your head off and it's Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. That's the first like rap that I can remember hearing. Right. Because it was like super mainstream. It was on the radio. It was on the music shows on TV. Yeah. And I don't remember much before that. Yeah. So Ice Ice Baby and <laughs> what else did he have? Rolling in my 5.0, all these bloody songs. Yeah. And Hammer with his parachute pants and his Prince samples. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about MC Hammer. He loved... Uh, he loved uh, Prince. Prince, yeah. And that still blows my mind today that he sampled uh, what When Doves Cry. Yep. And something else. There was another something else. Super Freak he did for uh, You Can't Touch you This, can't wasn't touch it? This. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Prey was When Doves Cry, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Prey, yeah. And... I actually saw MC Hammer at the Entertainment Center. Ooh. That was really good. Yeah. It's Back a great then? show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was very, was very flashy show, you know, lots of lights and dances. Mm. It was like, you know, about 300 dances on stage. Like there was a <laughs> lot of people. And, yeah, it was just a very flashy show. So yeah, I'm that was, sure that was we really talk- Oh, that would have been good. I'm sure we talked about this on some Peach and Black show, but when did you hear, not just hear a Prince song for the first time, but you heard a song and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy, I'm going to start listening to some of that. Yeah, I first heard Controversy, but it didn't sort of It was really... just a song by someone, yeah. Yeah, it didn't really click. Where it clicked was 1999 That mm-hmm. that and Little Red Corvette, those two songs. That's when I was like really got into him so from then onwards yeah i don't remember being like at all musically aware of like current things that are happening now until like probably like 87 maybe 86 87 like before that yeah like before that i just hear stuff and i just "Eh, it's music but at some point of course and this is just before whispering jack came out which was my first album that i bought that i remember right 
which I think came out in October 86. And I, re- I remember going buying that cassette. <laughs> and it's still a great album. Yeah, it is a good album, that album. Yeah. But before that, yeah, I didn't really have a clue what was going right. on. Yeah. You know, it was just Abba and Roger Whittaker up till then and just <laughs> just random songs on the radio. Right, got it. And, like, mm. the first time I remember seeing a Prince, like, music video, I think was Bat Dance. But even then, I had no clue who he was. Right. It wasn't it. until, like, Diamonds and Pearls. Again, the big commercial thing that makes me notice. Yeah. was the first time I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy. And then Cream and Get Off and everything, and it was just all massive. Yeah, it snowballed from there. And it still annoys me that, like, a lot of people, they say, you know, oh, you're, you're jumping on the bandwagon of this big commercial thing. Now that he's commercial, oh, now you like him. But I mm. never even knew who he was before that. Yeah, you had no exposure to it. Yeah. No, and it wasn't. Until like mid to late 92, just after he left here doing those massive shows. And Mm. it still annoys me. If I was just like, you know, six months earlier, I could have gone to Diamonds and Pearls concert, but I had no clue. Right. And I didn't go to my first concert, like from memory till like 97. Oh, wow. 96, 97. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember the first one, but this might've been it. I'm not sure. But I saw Alanis Morissette when she came. Oh, great. How was that? it was great because yeah. the main thing, apart from her being great, the main thing I took away from that show was Taylor Hawkins on drums is just fucking amazing. Yeah. And now we, is he still with Foo Fighters or is he? No, he's still with Foo Fighters, yeah. He's still with them. He's yeah. unbelievable. He was unbelievable back then. Mm. And I remember coming out of that concert and I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like looking him up and seeing him. You know, <laughs> very early days of internet, if you could find anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw that and I saw an Oasis concert in maybe 97 or 98 when they came here. No, it was March 98 when they came here. Right. But again, like the big popular things, that's what I was going to. Yeah, got it. But it wasn't until like, yeah, I probably would have been sometime in 97. I started realizing, oh, there's local people playing music. It's not just these big international things. There's Grinspoon and there's Jebediah and there's Super Jesus and there's these local bands, which I still love all of them. Yeah. And yeah, that's when I was going, started going to concerts. Mm. But yeah, MC Hammer, that would have been a good show. Yeah, it was. It was very out there, very out there kind of show. Very, like very slick and... um... Mm. Yeah, just very. Yeah, I don't know what the word is, but it's, yeah, it's like it's just very well produced and very sort of entertaining show. Lots of Great. money thrown at it. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so, might have um, made that much money on that show. <laughs> it probably didn't. It probably didn't. Probably hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, he probably had like sixty guys walking around with him. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's um, the way. Getting back to where did I get up to? Like. 86, 87. And then after that, I remember my cousin had a Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince album called He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper. It was a double album and it was like a double cassette. It's so good. Like, it's like this one of the last tracks is like DJ Jazzy Jeff just mixing it on the, on the records, you know, scratching it up. Mm. It's like an insane track. And that, that was a lot of that stuff I was listening to, but also too around this time, like 87, 88, 89 was like Ice T, NWA, Public oh, Enemy. Let me that tell sort you about NWA. Yeah. At some point, I picked up this, I think it was 100 Miles and Running. Oh, I love that album. It's like Which an EP, has a yeah. song. 
Yeah, it's only five tracks, I think. Yeah, it's little, and it yeah. had a it had a song on there. I don't know if this is why I bought it, but I'd heard of this song called "Fuck the Police." But well, the that, thing was, is, oh, I, that was on, the, yeah, um, that was on yeah straight out of Compton. Thing. This mm. is the thing. This has part two, but yes, of, but I didn't know that. Maybe it said part two, but I didn't notice, and I just right. thought that was the song. So eight <laughs> years later, I heard part one, and I'm like, that's nowhere near as good as part two. <laughs> For me, part two is the. That's the song because that's right. what I had first. I would do it for it would have been at least three or four years <laughs> until I realized that there was like there was a part one and I found it. I I love that. How did you get into Hundred Miles and Run? No idea. It must have just been like at Red Eye Records for like six dollars, and I'm like, oh yeah. At some point, I must have heard of that. There's this song called "Fuck the Police." Oh, you've got to hear it. So mm. maybe that's why I got it. I don't know. I can't remember, but somehow I got it, and that's it's the only CD I ever bought. Right. Of, that but yeah i really like that the part two right cool and if i haven't heard it for ages but i'm sure i'd still remember most you know probably every every other word because i listen to it that much but hey going back to will smith yeah fresh prince yeah now it seems i think like these all the young millennial people yes the thought of will smith being a rapper is just some sort of joke it is but he was he was massive at the time yeah fresh prince of belly like the tv show was huge it was and then then actual songs started coming out like rap songs Mm. parents just don't understand yeah that's great was that on that album the cassette you said or was that no it was on the one it was on before that yeah before that yeah on their first album but it was like that were that were different like they came from philly and they 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 were like all their songs were clean like there was no swearing and stuff in it so they were very different to what was out there but like all this stuff was great like you know some of it was kind of like novelty stuff like the album after that you know he had a a song called I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson and it was just about boxing <laughs> and it was just, yeah, kind of like the humour stuff, like, you know, that Will Smith, you know, because mm. around that time he was like a little jokester kind of guy, you yeah. know, and he would write this witty stuff. But, you know, it was creative and and then I think where it got really big in Australia was like Boom Shake the Room. And, Boom Shake the Room, exactly. And, and all that sort of like, stuff, like 93, name, 94. Mm. If you ask me to name any song by Will, by, that'd be the one from him yeah. that I'd think of first because yeah. that was massive. And that's, that again, that's massive, another yeah. song that you know every word to, even if you haven't heard it for years. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that was the like the early stuff up until 1990. And then, yeah, in 1990 there was like Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Gilly Ray you know, Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and still there was Ice-T, he was still, and, and Public Enemy, they were still kind of ruling, ruling the airways. And then, like, yeah, it just kind of everything changed around like '94. Coolio, and, like, well, yeah, I went to Coolio. I went to Coolio concert. I went to Coolio concert. Oh, wow. It was like a. It was what was it called? It was called the Cool Naughty Pain Tour. This is in '96, oh. and it was House of Pain, Naughty wow. by Nature, and Coolio. Oh. It was great. Naughty by Nature had a yeah. song. Yeah, I'm just trying to think what it's called. Hip Hop Parade. That's the big one, but there was another yep. one. It was like called. I don't know what I'm trying to think of. Uh, you're thinking of um, you down I'm with thinking, OPP? Like, no, not that one. That's the other big one. This one, Diddy. Is it Diddy? <laughs> Was that them? No, that's Paperboy. What am I thinking? Do you know that what song? You? No. He, Do you know Diddy by Paperboy? What the group's called, Paperboy? I, I don't have a clue. That's just <laughs> what came out of my mouth. 
Wait, Google, because for some reason, I had that CD single. I don't know why. Yeah, look, Paperboy, Diddy, 1993. 1993's One Hit Wonder and Top 10 Biggest Hit, Diddy by Paperboy. Listen to that. I don't know why I ended up with that CD single, but I did. So, yeah, there was a Cool Naughty Pain tour, and there was House of Pain, and they they were okay. Like, everyone was just, like, there to hear Jump Around. Yeah. And then... Noi by Nature came out and they were really good. Like they had like a proper stage set. They had like, it looked like a urban ghetto. They had these fences and they had scooters and they were scooters all around the, the <laughs> stage. And it was really good. That was really great. And then Coolio came out and everyone was just there to hear Gangster's Paradise. That's all oh, they were yeah. there for. And as soon as, like, he left that pretty much to the last song. And as soon as he sung that, like everyone just like bailed out. <laughs> and like, but like he... He came out and he was just, I don't know, like he had he had this crew called the 40 Thieves, Coolio and the 40 Thieves. And they were just like, they were just like really rude. Like they were spitting on the audience and, you know, it was just like yeah. people were just there just to hear that one song. And as soon as he sung that, like everyone went out like after that. But it was, it was a good, <laughs> like as a whole show, like having the three acts, it was, it was really good value. It was a great show. So I really liked that uh, it started yeah, probably 93, 94 with that, was it West Coast? And mm. there was, um, oh, who was that? Warren G, Nate Dog. Yeah. That stuff. I really like that stuff. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that's classic stuff. Yeah. When, when you say that's when it all changed, that's the stuff that I like. Well, that's what I mean. It changed for the better. Like there was like Wu-Tang Clan and Tribe Called Quest brought out Midnight Marauders and there was, it was called like the new school. It was kind of like a new wave, a new a new, you know, there was rapping, but it was kind of like nursery rhyme kind of rapping. It was just kind of taken to a new level. The production was different and a lot better. It was gangstar and just mm. like a whole heap of, you know, and then it became like East Coast, West Coast kind of thing. You know, each coast was bringing out their own thing. It was all great. Like they would kind of like, you know, pick a side, pick either West Coast mm. or East Coast. And it's like both of them are great, you know. So there was a lot yeah, of stuff that, that was coming out. It's great. That was about mid ninety. When did all the like Biggie and Tupac? When did like the wars start between East and West Coast, and they started shooting each other? When did all that happen? Well, it kind of it, it escalated. It, so it it, evolved, it was yeah. yeah. So by like ninety five, it was you know bubbling, and then by like ninety six, you know it was like full on kind of war kind of thing. Mm, but yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I just yeah, know what happened. Well, yeah. So for me, like that's when kind of hip hop died. Once Tupac and Biggie died, that was like mm. the end of hip hop in my eyes. Because what happened was like Tupac got shot and killed in like September 96. And then Biggie was like March 97. So it was like a six month period between mm-hmm. those two shootings. And then after that, like when there was this East Coast, West Coast war, after that, everyone played it really safe. Like before that, it was all like this bravado talking and, yeah. you know, and all this sort of stuff. But when it actually became real and people were dying, then mm-hmm. everyone played it safe. Like Snoop and everyone Puffy got together. Them. Yeah. And they were shaking oh, hands. Oh, yeah, Snoop. Yeah. And like, I think people got. <laughs> like worried so everything became very safe after that it v- became very poppy you know puff daddy sort of oh you know, yeah came he came in like 97 he, yeah like, like he he produced all the biggie stuff but he was mainly the producer he was like more background but then after that he he sort of done the solo thing and you know he brought in you know shiny suit rappers and it just became a little you know 
it just kind of died after that. It became more mainstream and safe and it just wasn't the same after that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where it, it kind of not end for me, but you know, this, cause there's still some good stuff after that, but you know, that's where sort of, it kind of peaked. Yeah. I forgot but, about Snoop. Snoop, Snoop Dogg had some great stuff. He did. Yeah. And he was bringing out a lot of stuff, yeah. And he's still going. He is, he, yeah. He, he did a song with Psy on his last album, Korean, Psy. Not really. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a video and everything. Yeah. I, I think that's why he's, he's, his longevity has got to do with branching out into other things like the reggae stuff and uh, dance. Oh, yeah, I remember. He, sort of stuff. He's like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, he changed his name and he was Snoop a reggae Lion. guy, Snoop yeah, Lion. Snoop yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's one thing that I did gloss over that's a, a big thing of yours is Arrested Development. Oh, yeah. No, I did think of that at one point, and mm. I did go to one of their concerts. I went to their concert then. as well. Yeah. Well, we were there together. Unbelievable. Must have been. Was it Horton Pavilion? Most likely. Because that's the one I went to. It must have been, what, 96 maybe? No, the one I went I to was 92. What. I went to the oh, one at no. 92. The very first time they came here. No, I don't think so. And it was done by Michael Chug, Chuggy. Ah, Chuggy. And that was the first time I've ever seen Chuggy. And I remember because mm. I walked into that. Uh, this is a story. I walk into the Horton Pavilion and he's at the front of the stage, like right front and center. And he's like, stop running. He goes, you fucking sit down, get down. Like he was like barking <laughs> orders. And I thought, who the hell is this guy? Like I had no idea because I was like. 16 at the time and he was just like fucking sit down and he was like given orders <laughs> so we all had to like walk in and like sit naughty, on the naughty floor kids. yeah like <laughs> on the floor until everyone came in and everyone was on the floor and then he said we could all stand up and everyone stood up and kind of like pushed to the front oh that's hilarious yeah, yeah. and then like the support act was headless chickens which is like a group from new zealand they had a song you know called what? cruise control and then um i was like right up the front and I could like I could reach my hand out because at rest of development they had this kind of like um, country you know look or style to their thing and they had yeah. like hay bales all over the Down stage the and stuff yeah so I could reach out I could touch the stage and pick up the hay from the the hay bales wow. anyway I remember and I was sixteen and I just remember it was so hot like you were gonna die kind of hot. Mm. And, you know, they weren't spraying people with water or anything. And I just remember there was this security guard and he handed out this little tiny plastic cup of water. Mm. And I remember he handed it out and I managed to grab it. And there was this guy, no shit, he would have been maybe six rows deep behind me, like of people. And he just lunged over. He grabbed my shoulder and I turned around and he said to me, he goes, you fucking give me that water or you die. <laughs> So I thought, okay, I don't have a lot of choice here. So I gave him the water and he drank like three quarters of it. And he gave the last quarter to me. He goes, oh, you're a legend, mate. You can have the last bit of it. I thought, thanks. <laughs> but I thought I was going to die at that concert just because it was it was so hot and just people were pushing. And, ah, oh, but this mm. guy, he, he was going to kill me if I didn't give him that water. And so you're not going to forget that. No. <laughs> you still remember now. <laughs> I still remember. Yeah. I can't I, I remember, remember if I went to that or not. That's crazy because mm. I have a memory of it, but I also can't remember it. So I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, Arrested Development, they were a great group. I loved them. I loved um, Diggable Planets. I used to like a lot of kind of abstract, jazzy stuff. And yeah, it was it's just really, really good t good era. A lot of, you know, really good hip hop. Whereas now, like, there's, there's no sort of, it's all mumble rap and 
It's just mm. it's crappy. You know, the funny way that I learned, I mean, because of Prince, I'd go back and like listen to like some like Sly Stone stuff and James Brown because before that, again, it's not on the radio, so I don't know about it. Mm. But the way that I was learning some rap songs and that sort of thing was starting in, must have been about 97, after Swoop broke up, yep. Roland and Josh formed yep. Defensive Groove and The Booty Affair. And they would play yep. at the Harborside Brasserie every Saturday night for 20 yep. bucks. And I was there almost every Saturday night for like years. <laughs> and they were playing like Last Night a DJ Saved My Life and like all these songs which I had never heard. Right. And then just by going week after week after week, I'd learned so much. Like if that was their job, like to inform the people about old stuff, it worked but, because I went back and listened to all of that stuff. That's your education. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Harborside Brasserie. Yeah. Professor Groove. So much stuff I heard from them first, which is yeah. crazy. Well, see, that's that's why I gravitated to the hip-hop thing because they would sample a lot of the funk records. They would sample George mm. Clinton. They would sample James Brown. So that's why I, I got onto it, really, was because, the you know, the, the sort of production and uh, music side of it that, you know, they took from all those old records. And that's why I really liked, I liked the music. So that's why, mm. yeah, that was kind of my thing because it was kind of the, like I would listen to Prince, but there was kind of an extension of like all the funk stuff from back in the day. Mm. Like if I hadn't discovered Prince, I mean, I might have found James Brown and George Clinton and Sly Stone, but possibly not. They could have just mm. been some old 60s, 70s thing that I don't know about. Yeah. And not ever gone down that avenue to listen, mm. which yeah, exactly. blows my mind, really, mm. because there's still a lot of stuff from the olden times that I don't know about and I don't listen to. But yeah. now and then someone will be like, oh, listen to this song or what about this guy? And then you go and listen to something and you're like, oh, that's good. Then you listen to another song and then another song and then you go, you find an album. It's crazy how it works. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I kind of, you know, at the time was annoyed when Prince wouldn't put his stuff up on, you know, mm. you know, because people don't have the tolerance or patience to go out and seek the stuff out, you know, mm. and he made it harder to do that kind of thing. You know, records would go out of print and you wouldn't find his stuff online and people have an instantaneous need for stuff online to happen quickly you know and if they had to go and seek stuff out you know so i'm glad yeah. like his stuff is showing up even though spotify and all that don't pay the royalties and stuff like they should but you know i'm glad like you know if someone wants to check prince out they can you know it's a lot easier now they can find his videos on youtube now they can find stuff on spotify if they want you know yeah that whole thing though i think it just comes back to him obviously wanting him to be paid, you know, a fair amount for the yeah, work he enough. did. Yeah. And it is, but he never like thought past that to the further, you know, effects of, well, what if I did put my stuff on iTunes? Sure, they're only going to pay me one cent per song. Mm. But, you know, you've already made that music. You've been paid millions of times already. Yeah. To just to even if he just put a few random songs that people could listen to. And yeah. that might encourage them to then go and buy something, but he wouldn't even do that. It was just, no, I'm not getting paid 0. 0.008 cents. Yeah. Get it. Yeah, that's but, fair enough. But he never saw like the bigger thing. It was just like, yeah. I'm getting paid for this and that's it. Yeah. There's no other options. Walk away. <laughs> yeah. That was just stubborn in that way because it could have made a big difference at certain times in his career if his yeah, stuff like, was available. Like, yes, watching Super Bowl or um, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance, if that stuff's available, you know. I remember you saying that at the time. Hmm. After 
Super Bowl or just around that time, how many people or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they would have gone online, gone to YouTube, yeah. gone somewhere. Oh, I want to listen to Prince. He's he's crazy. Listen to all yeah. this crazy song he did. But there's nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> there's just a few random bootlegs which disappear after two days. Yeah. And, and that's all you get. It sort of encourages his mystique, mysterious whole thing. But then it also, that doesn't work in this day and age anymore. Exactly. Like I think it doesn't work. Yeah. I think with the mainstream generation, they all respect Prince. They all like Prince. And if those you ask that know them, who he is. Yeah. And if you ask them, you know, name a Prince song, they'd say Purple Rain when Doves Cry, all the mainstream stuff. But you know, they wouldn't say House Quake or Erotic City or you know, yeah. they they just don't dig that deep. But they, you know, they have a respect for him, which is good. But you know, it, it'd be like if you get into it, you'd find so much more, you know. The funny thing is just talking like we did now from early 80s to to now yeah. through hip-hop and pop and whatever was happening. And then you put your overlay like Prince's stuff on top of that. And it's just, it's a world of its own. It's it barely related to what was going on at the time, which just blows my mind sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like, except he started incorporating rap and a few things here and there and following the trend in chasing it instead of starting it. But for the most part, whatever he was doing, like who was doing Temptation in 1985? Come on. That's just, yeah. that wasn't happening. No, only him. Not that, not that I heard. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, silly man. No one was doing that. <laughs> yeah. So what's the, the last sort of hip hop that you know or like? Oh, well... Arrested Development had a good album, I think, around 2007. It was called Since the Last Time, I think. Yep. There was a song on there called Inner City, oh, yeah, that's which, has, which has a great drop. It kills me every time. It's really good. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's 10 years ago. Yeah. I can't think of anything since then. Like, I know there's people rapping now. I just do not listen to them. Yeah. I've heard Kendrick Lamar is great, but I couldn't tell you. I don't know a single song. I've never heard one. Right. But I can't think of any anyone. Like, I, yeah. I know the names of them. I hear the names, but I don't listen to the music. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same. I listen to. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't have the, t- the tolerance for it. Because, it, like, for me, like, a lot of the rap stuff that's out now is is very samey. It's, it's a lot think, of... Do you think it's got to the point where it's all been done? Is there anyone yeah. doing, like, new stuff that you're like, oh, wow, I haven't heard anything like that? Or is it all just... No, no but... I heard that 20 years ago. Yeah, there's there's nothing that's like innovative, but there's stuff there's like I like I really like Miguel. There's a guy called Miguel. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a new album out, came out in November. Um his stuff I really like. And they compare him to Prince, but they kind of vocally kind of compare him to Prince because he doesn't do all the instruments like Prince and stuff. So yeah, you know, just vocally, like, he's just like Prince. <laughs> yeah, but like his stuff, I really like. But he's he's not defined as a rapper. He's more like R and B. But um, mm. there is a Prince connection to that dude. He came out in the mid two thousands, but he was more like an Usher kind of. He wore a cap and baggy pants. And Usher, yeah, <laughs> more like he was more like that in the mid two thousands. And he auditioned for a group called Fatty Coo, <laughs> which he never got into, but. Fatty Coo featured Josh Welton. Oh. That's a Prince connection for you with Miguel. Was, I could be wrong, but did Miguel do one of the tribute things after Prince died? He might have. I can't remember. But he, I think he was at the, if my memory serves me correctly, he was at the Baltimore concert. 
I think he was oh, like yeah, ha- yeah. either hanging around on the stage or behind the stage or something. And I think he met Prince there. I, I don't I know. Remember, if... I remember one of those tributes. Someone did the beautiful ones and something else. Right. And I remember watching it and I'm like, this guy's pretty good, but I can't remember if it was. Oh, beautiful ones. Someone else. That might have been Bilal. Bilal, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, might have been him. Yeah, yeah, that was him. Yeah, Bilal's good. Bilal's, he's a, he's an R and B guy. Saying that you know the the new stuff coming out now is you know every, it's all been done. It's, this just sounds like the old stuff. That's the same for like every music, really. Yeah. I've been thinking that for years. Like every time I hear a new song, I'm like, oh, that sounds just like this song. Oh, that just sounds like that song. Yeah. And mostly it does. And I'm sure there's people doing new stuff. Someone's like inventing new things, but I'm just not hearing it. Because yeah. again, if it's not finding me, I, I'm, I can't find it. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw a video the other day at this rapper called Little Zan. And man, this kid can't even like string two, two sentences together. Like they were interviewing him. And honestly, it was like <laughs> so uneducated. It was just like, I can't believe that this guy's famous. Like. They just, you know, I've seen uh, something the other day as well. Like, I think something got nominated for the Grammys. And I think one of these rappers actually produced this Grammy nominated song on his iPhone. Like, it's just getting to a point where, you know, you don't have to have talent or anything. You know, you just have to have the tools. Mm-hmm. If you have the tools, you can do, you know, anything you want, really. You know, 20 years ago, if you want to record it out, you, you had to go in the studio. You can just do it on a laptop now. You can upload it, it, put it on anything that's social media. You can get noticed. You can, you know, use these tools to make records and you can become famous with, with no talent at got, all. Because you've got the, you know, you're not paying studio time. You're just at home. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you've got the time to figure out how to use all these programs and do all this stuff you've got time that's the one thing you've got yeah and you could get so good at using that stuff and while you might not be that talented either musically or not at all talented at musically or at rapping or singing there's enough tools that can save you from that and make it sound good and you could do unbelievable production because you've got the time to record 500 tracks and just keep overdubbing stuff you can make it sound unbelievable but you still, you mightn't be that talented a musician, but you're good on the computer. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's the do? thing that kills me when you when you see like someone like Prince who works so hard at his craft and stuff. And then you have people today that are famous that are just really kind of mm-hmm. lazy because, you know, everything's so instant and quick that they can do things just on their home computer. And it just kills me <laughs> You know, maybe it's a maybe a it's a good thing that that seven disc sampler set didn't come out. Morris, yeah, Morris saved us all. He saved us maybe. all. But see, like the only reason I would like to have that is to hear all the isolated stuff. That's oh, yeah. the note in me wanting to listen to that stuff, not necessarily. Yeah. We to wouldn't sample. be making loops and songs out of it. We'd just be listening to it. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing with that. <laughs> Unless Morris is going to bring us a copy, it's not happening. Exactly. Are we done? Is that it? That was a musical journey. Yeah, it was good. Hopefully, hopefully someone will listen to this. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of hip hop that I listen to that we haven't even scratched the surface, but it was just kind of like an overview trip down down memory well, lane. <laughs> we'll have to do part two later on if I can. Mm. If I if I if I manage to keep doing the show, we'll do part yeah. two and we can talk about all about the stuff that I know, like from like '93 
Actually, mm. no, let's start at Vanilla Ice at MC Hammer. <laughs> let's start at like 1990 and go for about five years. Yeah. That's the stuff that I know. Yeah. That'd be good. Was he, yeah, because Vanilla Ice was like turned into like a big joke, you know. And he was like neighbors with Lenny Kravitz. And Lenny's like, you know, I don't know why so many people shit on this guy. He's such a nice dude. And it's like, yeah, but see, his problem was he went on radio and he said that he was like from a ghetto when he was like uh, raised yeah. in like a pretty well area. And like when he got found out, like people just like, no, nah, you know. That's it. Yeah. But like. Oh, that's not good. Lenny, Lenny's, Lenny was big, you know, because they were neighbors and, you know, they hung out and stuff. But it was like, you know, once you say crap like that and get found out, then, you know. Yeah. See, the internet the internet killed a lot of things. Mm. Stuff like that didn't help. <laughs> I was like any group, like, you know, uh, Millie Vanilli, once they got found out, you know. Yeah. They were out the door and Betty Boo and all that sort of stuff. Once they dropped what, the mic. What, and... what, what about Betty Boo? Oh, you didn't hear about that? What happened? She did. Oh, this was in the early 90s. She did a show in, I think it was in Melbourne, and she dropped the mic and the, you know, the song kept playing. So she was like, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The whole show. And, you know, it was kind of like a big no no. Betty know, Boo mix... just doing the do. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Yeah. It's the only song I could think of. <laughs> yeah. Or the other one was uh, Where Are You Baby? I think it was called. No idea. Yeah. Do you remember Doop? Oh, yeah. Classic. <laughs> that is classic. Classic 90s. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that is very 90s. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like okay. Scatman and stuff. Oh, yeah. Scatman, Informer, Snow, 12 yeah. Inches of Snow. Come on. What a, what a, what a name. That's what a, a name good, of an great. album. That's classic. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a great name. Great great title for an album. I forgot about yeah. Scatman. <laughs> Blue, blue, daba deba daba duba. Whatever yeah. the hell that was. Aliens. Yeah. We're not even going to mention that stupid frog. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> what a great end to the show. The stupid, yep. crazy frog. <laughs> oh, what? A, no, it can't end with that. Axel F. Come on. The original? Do you mean the original? Oh, like techno remix in the 90s. Ah, I always liked the original. Again, it's that's that's synth. Beverly Hills Cop came out in like '84. It's kind of like mm. that sort of. I love that era. That you know, people like you know those um, TV shows, Stranger Things and stuff. It's got that soundtrack, like the early '80s electro. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love that stuff. Electro's good through the years. Electro's always there. That never goes away. There's always in some genre. There's always electro just hiding yeah. around the place. It's always somewhere. Mm. It never goes away. Since like, I don't know, maybe around disco time it started, like late 70s, and it's just it's just been there, just hanging around. Yeah. Always somewhere. Good old Electro. Love it. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the show. It's good I didn't end the show without you being on the show. I love it. Thank you. And we have to do part two of yeah. many more many more things. Maybe I can be on the 40th show. Oh, come. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> if I get to 40 episodes of this, man, I'll, I'll be like 75 years old. It'll take me that long. <laughs> All right, man. I won't even remember anything by then. Yay. The end. Bye. One, two,
Good work. Oh, that's good. Good, uh, yeah. good conversation. Talk about all the stuff. Yeah. And we didn't talk about anything controversial. That's good. Oh, we... Oh, crazy frog. <laughs> oh, that's controversial, yeah. Ding, ding. I can't believe some people like that shit. <laughs> yeah. And I look up Roger Whittaker on YouTube. Yeah, he did a song called The Last Farewell, uh, New World in the Morning, Streets of London, right. Durham Town. Oh, so many songs. There he is. He looks like a bit like the guy from uh, Curiosity Show. Oh, yeah, he does too. If I were a rich man, I don't believe in if anymore. That's a classic. That is to me anyway, because I heard it a billion times. So it's just him and acoustic guitar, right? Oh, no, there's a lot of it's band. All right. Okay, nice. This is even before um, uh, Tubular Bells and all that, right? Oh, let me see. I don't know when this when, Yeah, when did, you, when, when did you get into uh, Amarok and all that? Oh, we gotta save that. That's uh, save that for the next show. Okay. <laughs> Last farewell was nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, tubular bells was seventy-three. Yeah. Oh yeah, seventy-five, seventy-six. Oh, seventy-one. Mammy Blue. I remember that one. But yeah, this is before that. Wow. So your your parents would play this stuff. Oh, my mother had a tape of this. Right. I think it was. She had one or two tapes, and they were just like a, a greatest hits thing. Yeah. Along with the ABBA stuff, that was all that was in the car. Right. She, had, she literally had like four cassettes. Right. Actually, no, there was a few of the ABBA albums, so maybe like seven. Yeah. And that was it. But you had like two artists. Pretty much. Wow. That, and then no wonder I bloody escaped to listen to the radio every night. <laughs> to hear something different. <laughs> <laughs> had enough of that bloody stuff. Yeah. God. That's good. Roger Whittaker. Oh, you know who else was on, um, who else... I forgot to mention that I used to listen to a lot. Around the early 90s, I used to listen to a lot of Two Live Crew. <laughs> Those guys. I, I know the name, but I don't know their song. Songs. So they did uh, Fuck Truck. and uh, All this stuff is like really dirty. Um, Grinspoon they, had a song called Fuck Truck. I wonder if it's the same song. I don't know. Um, probably not. They, they're, they're probably the one of the ones that you know is the, hey, we want some pussy, that one. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Their sound was called Miami bass sound. It was kind of like uh, it was hip hop, but it was kind of like a, a Miami sounding kind of techno. It's it's kind of weird to describe, but they had a lot of dirty songs that all their stuff got banned in the US. And I remember there was, um, <laughs> you know, Donahue, Phil Donahue. He he yeah. had them on once, and you know they were arguing over the cover of their album because it, it was just like this line of girls in g-strings you just saw their <laughs> ass kind of just a g-string and it was yeah they wouldn't sell i think the album uh, they sold it like from behind the counter you couldn't and it was like oh, freedom yeah. of speech and they were arguing all this sort of stuff and yeah like all that sort of stuff like even like you couldn't really buy it in australia like you'd have to you'd have a friend that would have it and then he would make copies mm. and it got around the school and you know, because it had the parental advisory sticker and, you know, all the stuff like you couldn't really buy it because your parents, you know, wouldn't let you buy it or whatever. But yeah, like everything that you, you couldn't buy because your parents wouldn't let you or, or the yeah. record store wouldn't sell it to you or whatever reason, you know, you would get tapes. People would just dub it from, you know, from each other and pass it around the school mm. and stuff. That's that's how you would get music. Yeah, used to have yeah. the double double cassette, reversible double cassette deck. Well, see, I used to make my own songs. With high with speed the, dubbing. Oh, that was great. I used to have my own cassette deck that was twin cassette. And you'd have to have one with a microphone jack because if you could do that, you could do the recording, like a multi-track yeah, yeah. recording. So you played the song on one side, re-recorded on the other side. So side A or like deck A, you would mm. play like the beat 
and on deck B, it would be blank tape, but you would record, you know, you singing or rapping over the top of it. And then you would take tape B out and put it in tape A. So it would play it again. And then you you would get another blank cassette in the other side. And you just keep going and going. You record over and over and you would multi-track it. And I would do it like like Prince, like, you know. (laughs) It's all too easy now. Everyone can just do this with a computer. We actually had to just figure out how to do it. Exactly. With the very limited things we had. Exactly. I would have... um, like a microphone and I would, I would have to bang it on the floor to get like, make a beat, like, like a, yeah. like a kick drum. And just, mm. Yeah. Just, just have to do stuff like that. Just to, just to be creative. Is, do you still have any of the tapes? I do somewhere. I do. Yeah. I'd have to dig for them, but I do have it somewhere. I've still got tapes of me and my friend just being idiots. I think the earliest one we got, it's probably about 90, probably late 92. Yeah. And, Mostly it was just, <laughs> it was us, mostly to print songs, just making up the dumbest raps you've ever heard. And I've wow. still got the tapes and they are the funniest crap. Every now and then I'll just listen to one and it's, <laughs> it just kills me. It's just the funniest crap I've ever heard because it's so ridiculous. And again, I've listened to it like after we'd record it, we'd listen to it a lot because we thought it was funny. But you know, once you've heard something a hundred times, it is in your head and that's it. <laughs> And, like, every time I see this guy, the other guy, we just, like, say, like, two stupid random words and we know exactly, like, which stupid rap it's from. And we just laugh (laughs) like idiots. (laughs) What about the music that starts this show? Where does that date from? Oh, that would be a song called Our Flag Sucks, which (laughs) I think was around maybe 94, 95. Okay. And, again, just classic raps. Is this from uh, uh, Captain Lemonfoot and the Marshmallow Army? Is this uh, before that? This is before that. Oh wow! This is Predates before that. that. Before ELC. This is this is all the way back to Funky Temple. Funky Temple, right? Which was like that was that was the first. It was Funky Temple, the Ides of March, um, something else I can't remember right now. ELC, which <laughs> stands for ELC? elephants. ELC stands for elephants live continuously, which 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 everyone does. Everything does. Until it dies. It's it's really sensible. Right. I was proud of that one. And yeah, Lemonfoot was after that. Right. So you had different, are they different groups or did you just change the names up? It was, it was me and Darren in all of them, but mm-hmm. other people changed. Right. But it was, but it was always us two there. Sometimes it was just us two. <laughs> Right. Well, that's good. But see, there's, there's so much swearing, though. It's like, I understand Prince wants to go back and, like, censor the old stuff. <laughs> because I, I, sometimes I think, oh, I'll just, I was just thinking just now, oh, I could put that song up at the end of this show. But there's so much swearing. Yeah, see, that's, like, a bit like with me with the hip-hop. Like, at the time, like, you know, like, nearly every album... Every hip hop album you buy, there'd be at least the N word somewhere in the in the album, and you just yeah. sing it because. And at that time, you just you know you don't realize the implications of that word, and you just sing it, you know. Well, when they're singing it, yeah, and so you're like, like that's, you know, that's the word. Yeah, and then when you get older and you you get more exposed to the world and become wiser and stuff, like 
you know, you think, uh, you know, I shouldn't really be singing that song with that word in it, you know. And I, I don't know if, if you know, Prince played a part in that with, like, him stopping the swearing and stuff. But, like, like sometimes swearing in the song's okay and, you know, I don't have a problem with it, like Sexy MF and stuff. I don't really have a problem with that song. But, like, you know, when it there's, gets... There's a, a time and a place. Yeah, when it gets a bit far when, you know, you have songs with the N-word in it, it's like, yeah, I shouldn't really be singing this song at my age just because, you know the implications of the word and stuff. So, but like when I was a kid, like I didn't really put that much thought into it, you know. You just sang the song. Oh, God, yeah, when you're bloody 12, 14, I mean, like, who knows anything? Yeah, but I mean like a, a rap, like hip-hop in general, the biggest consumers of hip-hop were, were white kids. So, yeah. You know, so it was just something cool. that. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So, uh. But yeah, I, I know what you mean, like. You know, sometimes it can get a bit too much. Like, I'll play it to you, but I'm not going to put it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. It's just, oh, I still think it's still the funniest shit to me. It's funnier than anything. Yeah, yeah. That's and like, you probably listen to it and go, yeah, okay. <laughs> but to me, it's like the, one of the funniest things I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. And I still think that like bloody 20, more than 20 years later. Yeah. Crazy. 25 years later. Hilarious. Yeah. Because it was all freestyle rap. Right. We, so we were straight off stuff the top down. of our head. It was just straight off the top of our head. And we got good. We were pretty good. That's good. And the funniest parts were when you lost it, but then somehow you saved it. Oh, best thing. <laughs> best thing ever. Best thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, you'd be doing this thing and it's rhyming, it's rhyming. And then all of a sudden you don't, you can't think of a word that rhymes. So you say something which you know is totally not rhyming, but yeah. it works somehow. It works anyway. <laughs> and it's just excellent. That's great. That's really good. Good stuff. Okay. All right. I'll catch all you right. later. Bye-bye. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo.